Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Shelby Rose, and I am an energetic and business guide helping you align, activate, and expand your energy to create the life and business you're wildly obsessed with. I believe that every single one of us has a path that lights us up, makes us excited to get up every single day, and brings massive service and impact to the world. In this podcast, we'll tune into our soul's true desires, take ownership for every single thing in our lives, and shift our vibration to embody the queen we came here to be. You deserve this. You get to have it. Let's go create it. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you all had a beautiful weekend and are ready for a very real and raw conversation. This is probably one of the most authentic conversations that I've had on the podcast, one that really dug into Lori's story, Lori's journey. And if you guys are not familiar with Lori, she is the host of and creator of the podcast, Grief with Grace. She has been a successful legal or a law paralegal helping others navigate grief and divorce as a family law paralegal. Um, she started on a journey in a spiritual journey in 2008, started her own business and was helping people heal on a soul level when her life changed dramatically when her 29 year old son passed away. So a lot of the conversation that we have today is around helping others recreate their life and business after going through grief and trauma and and all that comes with that. So today I'm excited to share this episode because it's one that I think we really need in the spiritual community. It's a conversation about not spiritually bypassing the hard emotions or skipping over or disassociating, but really being there and holding yourself through it. So before we dive into today's episode, I do have two quick announcements. Number one, if you have not already heard, I am hosting a five-day free manifesting challenge. And one thing that's been really coming up for me over the past few weeks is clarity. Really being intentional about the actions I take in my life to create what I actually desire and having the clarity of what I desire before taking action. This is something that dropped into my awareness of a few weeks ago of really, you know, what I'm meant to be doing and what my path here is. And there is a shift coming. I mentioned that that is occurring for myself, for my business, for what I desire to create. And we're going to talk a lot about clarity in the manifestation challenge because of this, because I think many of us want to co-create. We want to manifest all these beautiful things, but we're operating on borrowed dreams. And what I mean by that is that we're looking at what other people have and we're saying, Not that we shouldn't, right? People can be expanders, but we often look to what others have and say, well, that's what I should have too, or that's what I should desire. And this is a really beautiful five-day challenge because we're going to get really clear on what you want and then teach you how to go and implement, how to go co-create, how to use your energy to create the thing that you desire from a very grounded place. So That link is in the show notes. The second announcement I have is really a, you know, me sharing some of my favorite things with you. You guys know that clean beauty is one of the most important things to me or just clean living. And let's be real, over the past few months, I have not been doing very well at keeping things clean. And I've felt the effects, you know, something that if I'm being really transparent and honest is I've been feeling really low lately. And don't get me wrong, I I had a hard last year, but I know a lot of that has to do with what I put on my body and what I put in my body. And one of my, my intentions over the next few months is really to clean things up. I want to be the healthiest I've ever been by the time I turn 30. And one of the products that I am reincorporating is Primally Pure. They are a clean beauty line. They have the best cleansing oil. I use it literally every single night to clean the makeup off my face face and wash my face from a moisturizing 
like a, a moisturizing way of doing it. Um, and I also use their night cream. These are my two of my, their favorite products, but I also love their chapstick just random, you know? I do have a discount code for you guys. That's why I'm sharing it here today. You can get 15% off Primally Pure if you use the code Shelby Rose. If you've been using Primally Pure and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna throw in a discount, amazing. And if you have not already checked out their products, go to the show notes, tap the link, scroll, do a little fun shopping, treat yourself, and let's clean it up together. Okay, let's dive into this episode with Lori. Well, Lori, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to share you with the audience. You have so many amazing gifts and have an incredible story. So before we dive into all of your magic, I would love to love for you to share a little bit about who Lori is and what she does today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor. I was really excited about doing this with you um, because you know I just love you. So thank you very much. Um, So I have helped people through the grief of divorce and everything to do with family law most of my adult life. And I went through a divorce of my own in 2008 and it was not my first divorce. And I started on a I called it a personal development journey at that point because I realized I was 48 years old and I thought, well, I'm the common denominator in all of this. So what is it about me that has caused me to make these choices because I wanted something different going forward? And one thing led to another and then I started studying um, energy healing, which I had never heard about. I started on a spiritual journey and then my mom passed away very unexpectedly seven years ago, so June of 2014, and then I started studying the afterlife. And along the way, I was, I had started my own business working with, at that point, I was working with career women, successful career women who were overwhelmed and burned out and exhausted from, you know, buying into this idea that women of my age had been taught that, you know, oh, you can have it all. And we took that on to mean that we had to do it all. And so a lot of women I found were very overwhelmed and exhausted and burned out. So when my mom passed away and I started studying the afterlife, I also just intuitively, I had really opened up my intuition and I started listening to my higher self and to my intuition in a new way. And I just intuitively quit eating almost everything with processed sugar or refined sugar. Um, I stopped eating gluten. I started eating more organic foods. And I had no idea why I was just following my intuition. And then in January of 2019, I got that call that, you know, they say no parent ever wants to get. And my youngest son, who was 29 at the time, um, had passed away. I say he left this life because I don't like to say that he died because I don't think that, I think that our physical vessel stops to, ceases to exist, but our spirit lives on. Mm. And in the fog and the haze of the days and weeks after that, I had enough awareness to start a journal. And I realized that that was going to affect my work going forward. And I also realized that everything I had done in the preceding years had created this foundation that I was going to need to to recreate my life and rebuild my life after that experience. And that's what I did. I used all of that and it helped me to having cleaned up so many areas of my life, you know, what I consumed as far as music and TV and, you know, I cut out watching any news, all of that kind of thing helped me really be a clear channel so that I could start receiving messages and downloads from and connections from him immediately within like two days of his leaving this life. And that's the one thing that any parent who has a child leave this life before they do, that's what they want. They want to know their child still exists in some realm and that they're okay. And so that led me on a path that I never, ever, ever expected. Never. Because my son was healthy. He was happy. He was in a good place in his life. And so this came out of the blue and I was not prepared for it, but I was prepared for it. My soul had known 
that this was going to happen. And for whatever reason, my soul prepared me as much as anyone can be prepared. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, you know, I've heard your story personally before, but just the, the way that it's laid out with really gearing you up for this experience. I, I'm not sure I've known that part before of really understanding the depths that what you were preparing for this experience. I'm curious, you know, I know this has a lot to do with what you do now, and I'd love for you to share a little bit with the listeners about the podcast you've created and what you do and what you feel your purpose is with this. Cause I think so often people experience something hard, something traumatic, something difficult, and you've done something really beautiful where you're able to use that and, and really serve other women who maybe don't have that connection or other people who are going through a hard time. What, so there's multiple things that are opening up for me right now. So the first thing that's coming through is what would you tell that person who's really had a difficult, difficult experience, whether that's a mother who has experienced the kind of loss that you have, or just someone who is going through a period of time where that grief and those emotions are weighing so heavily that it's, you know, you, you explain that, that fog, right? That, that I think everyone, maybe not everyone, but many people who've experienced something hard know what exactly what you're feeling. And the, the people who are needing to hear this will know exactly how that feels to be in that fog. What would you say to that individual? That, you know, so many things, but first of all, you're not alone and there's nothing wrong with you. Um, like I said, I had lost my mom about 2014 and about four year, four and a half years before Greg. And so I had experienced, and I had lost my father back in 1993. So different day and age, I was at a different mm -hmm. place in life and I still had my mom. So when my mom passed away, I thought that would be the worst, quote, worst experience I would ever have, the most traumatic loss. And there was a level of brain fog, of lack of concentration. It's, it's like this feeling of everything is surreal, like you aren't you aren't in your own body. Um, it's like your foundation is gone and you have to rebuild that. But it is different when it's a child. It's a whole different level of, of everything. And I'm not, I'm very, very careful to say that I don't think that my loss is any worse than someone else's just because I've lost a child. Because whatever someone's worst loss is, that's their worst loss. And I'm going to honor that for them. And like I say, before my son passed away, it was the loss of my mom. So there are physical components to that level of grief or trauma, because I think there's a lot of similarity when, when a woman experiences sexual trauma, physical abuse or trauma, um, emotional abuse or trauma. It's, it's jarring to your ego, your spirit, your soul, your personality, your psyche, all of it. Yeah. And so understand that, like I said, it's, it's, no, it's normal as far in as so much as that's what people experience. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. And you don't have to stay in that place. Mm -hmm. There is a path forward. It doesn't mean you leave your child or your spouse or your mother or your sister or brother. It doesn't mean you leave them behind. But you do move forward in your life if you choose to. And choice is a huge component of it because you have to choose to heal. It's not going to happen just automatically. And again, for whatever reason, my soul, and I believe very much, and I think you do as well, I think that my soul had chosen this path in my life and had put these, this, that foundation in place for me so that I had that to land on and then to rebuild from after Greg left this life. And that doesn't mean that I'm any better than anyone who did than, than someone who didn't have that. Again, it just means that for whatever reason, my soul prepared me so that so that I could be a light for others who are grieving and healing um, to show them that you can continue to live a really full. I call it. So my podcast is called Grief with Grace, and my tagline is finding moments of joy in the everyday, because I think that there's this misperception that it's like it's 
either all or nothing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, I mean, I look back on my life before my son left this life. I wasn't happy 24 hours a day, seven days yeah. a week. I don't yeah. know anybody else who is. Yeah. But if you can find small moments of joy in each day and, and weave those together and blend those together, then you can create a fulfilling life. But you have to do the heavy work. You have to work with the emotions. You cannot bypass them. Yeah. And you have to work with those emotions and shift or transmute them into something higher in vibration so that they're not weighing you down. Because what I've come to learn is and to know is that we carry emotions with us from experiences from our present lifetime, from our past lives, and from our ancestors. So there's a lot of clearing to do. And it isn't only the one event that's most recent or that's most traumatic for someone. It's a combination and a piling on of so much that people have experienced and that souls have experienced that, again, we bring with us into this life and then continue on. Yeah, yeah. There's so much to unpack here. And the first thing that was coming through as you're saying all this is that it's a choice. And that's the part that I'm really, I I think can be really hard to see when you're down, you know, it's like <laughs> you're down in that well and you have no way out. I don't know why this metaphor is coming out and you, you can't, you can't see a way out when you're down there. So, you know, let's say someone who's listening is like, I'm, I'm down there right now. and I don't see a way out and I don't see how this is a choice. I'm just going to start the very, like the place where it could be the hardest to see that this is a choice to heal. How do we start to pull ourselves out of that well back into the, you know, and, and we're like, I'm ready to start this healing path. I'm ready to start this healing journey. I'm ready to start shifting and transmuting some of these emotions, feeling some of these emotions, where does one start, right? Like, I know you have this beautiful foundation. You'd been doing the work that allowed you to probably transmute some of these emotions a little bit more quickly or see, have a different perspective or feel that connection. And so that grief didn't feel quite so all encompassing, but to anyone who's experiencing that grief or that pain, where do we start? That's a great question. And I think that it's different for everyone, but there are some common things that people can do. And one of the best things that I did again is that journal that I kept starting in the very, I think I probably, and I didn't date it. So I'm not exactly sure, but reading back through it, I think within the first week I started writing in a journal because what that does for you is it helps get some of that out of you. If you can get it on paper, even if you just take a piece of scrap paper and then burn it, throw it away, just anything you can do to release some of it so that you're not carrying so much of it with you. The The more you can release just little bit by little bit, it doesn't have to be anything big and major, but you know, there's a saying that says small hinges swing big doors. So it's baby steps. It's journal, you know, half a page journal, one sentence, whatever it is. And then continue the next day, journal, something else, journal, something else. And after time, those things build on each other. And so then you start to almost like have a parting of the clouds the fog starts to clear just a little bit because again, you are getting some of that off of your mind, off of your heart, out of your physical body by doing the journaling. And that's just one really simple thing that you can do. And then, you know, my podcast is filled with interviews with mothers who have gone before me and had children leave this life and, and fathers. I've had some fathers on the show Um, who've gone on to create amazing lives for themselves. And the reason I do that is to inspire people to say that, okay, look, this person went through, you know, one, one woman who has been a mentor of mine for my gosh, almost a decade now. um, She lost a baby, a week old baby. Mm -hmm. And she went into a very, very dark place. And one day she had a choice to make and she made a choice to step out of that space and she went on to create a multi-million dollar business from scratch. She had no business before her baby passed away. Um, 
lots of stories like that. There are people out there who are doing amazing things while still carrying the grief with them. Mm. You're never going to be completely rid of the grief or the trauma because I do, you know, speak with women who have experienced trauma. And again, in my paralegal work, you know, divorce, there's a lot of grief in divorce, whether, you know, you're the one that wants the divorce or not. So grief comes at us from so many different places in life. And we as a society tend to carry things inside of us because we don't want to be a burden. We don't want people to think there's something wrong with us. In the grief community, a lot of times people are told, aren't you over that by now? Or, you know, it's wow. been an amount of time. Why haven't you moved on? You're always going to carry that with you, but it, it doesn't have to be as dark and heavy as it is in the early days. Wow. Yeah. I think that's what you said is something really powerful is that we, you know, I think as a society, we have this, this highlight reel mentality where we put project only the bright and sunshiny things out into the world. And I think that's really detrimental for a lot of people when, and especially I'm just even thinking the younger generations who are coming onto social media and who are seeing all these people doing amazing things. What we don't realize is that every single human being is still a human being and, and every single human being still has these struggles. And so I like, I love that we're having this conversation because yes, this podcast is about raising your vibration, but I don't think we can raise our vibration by bypassing these hard emotions and pretending that they don't exist or pretending that this isn't real and just kind of skipping over it. And so I think the work that you do is so beautiful and helping transmute and helping shift some of these emotions out and helping women and maybe men just get from that place where they don't know how to get out of bed in the morning or they don't know how to continue on moving forward to a place where it's manageable and they can breathe and they can start to move forward and build something for themselves. Yeah. The other thing that's really coming through right now that like it keeps pinging that I'm, I need to ask you this is that I feel like there's some people in the audience right now who have experienced a loss of a loved one, a friend, a family member, a transition over to the other side. And I'm curious, you know, you said that connection happened really effortless for you because of the foundation. I know you're highly intuitive. You do work in the Akashic Records and, and many other places. Those are conversations we've had on the podcast. And um, just, the, I know the listeners likely know what that is when I say the, that verbiage. Um, how do we, how, how does, how does that connection start? And, and is that something that you teach people how to start to cultivate? Yes. And before Greg left this life, I had created a, what I called back then, I called it the four pillars of wellness. Again, this wasn't something I went seeking. And remember all of my experience had been in the legal world. So it was all left brain. And so it was very interesting to look back and see how my life changed when I started doing these things. So the four pillars of wellness, I now call the four pillars of connection and healing. And basically it's a foundation and I created a free guide to help people with this. But the first one is the physical. The second one is mental. The third one is emotional. And the fourth one is spiritual. When someone experiences a loss and someone they love moves to the next realm, the other side, heaven, whatever, you know, the universe, whatever you want, want to call it. And especially with grieving parents, they want to immediately go to the spiritual and connect with their child. I totally understand that. Yeah. But the, but the problem with that is, and you just mentioned it, it's spiritual bypassing because to really create a strong connection with your, any connection with your child or other loved one, you have to be a clear channel so that you can receive those messages. Because I see so many bereaved moms post in Facebook groups saying they haven't received a dream visit or they haven't received any signs from their child. I guarantee you they've received signs, but they don't know what to look for. Mm. And it's because the example that I use is if, and I don't know anything about cars, so why this example came to me, I don't know. <laughs> Me in the well, I'm like, I've never seen a well in my life, but 
I'm not, I'm probably going to like totally mess up how to explain this, but to me, it's like you have to change the oil in your car every however many thousand miles, because otherwise the oil gets all gunky and built up inside of whatever it flows through in the car. Well, it's the same thing with our connection, with our spiritual channel. We consume so many chemicals, processed foods, alcohol, prescription and recreational drugs, um, things we put on our bodies that are filled with chemicals, hormone disruptors, they affect our physical body and they compromise that connection. So that's why I start with the physical pillar because you, ha- and again, for whatever reason, my soul guided me to do that work before Greg left this life. Then you, then you can move on to the uh, mental pillar, which is more about the things I was just talking about, like with journaling. And other, I mean, this guide that I created has one page for each of the four pillars filled with different ideas of things that you can do for each pillar. Then we move to the emotional pillar. And to me, the emotional pillar, people get the emotional pillar and the mental pillar confused. They think they're the same thing, but they're not. The mental pillar is all about the the mind chatter, the thoughts that we repeat over and over again. And that's so prevalent with bereaved parents because we get caught in that loop of, I should have done this. I shouldn't have done that. I should have said this. Oh gosh, if I only hadn't said that, all the woulda, coulda, shouldas. That's all the mind chatter that goes through your mind. That's the mental thing that we need to work on. But then the emotions are what we feel inside of our body. And most people in modern society are completely disconnected from their body. I say we live like a head on a stick. And I realized this about myself after my last divorce because I didn't really know what emotions were. I was so up in my head about everything. Mm-hmm. So I help people, A, recognize what their emotions are and then take those lower level emotions like guilt and shame and fear and frustration and anger and sadness and shift those because again, we carry layers of those with us from past lives and from our ancestors. And so we, re, we tr- I try to go back to the original point of picking up that emotion and helping them tra- release it, transmute it into something higher vibrational that they can then move forward with in a positive way. Then when they've done those, worked on those three pillars, then they're a clear channel to be able to have that connection that they so desperately want with their child, with their spouse, whoever it is. I absolutely love this. And the biggest thing that's standing out for me is, you know, I'm just going to share a little bit of a personal experience of that. When I was in a really low energy, low vibrational state right after my own personal trauma last summer I did you know I stopped seeing I see angels numbers all the fucking time like I can't go 10 minutes without like there's like they're just everywhere all the time and I'm like okay yes I see you like so it's almost like you know I go to fill my cup of coffee and I look at the coffee maker it's 11 11 and I was like okay I can't even go like there's not a day that goes by that I don't see them but the three months after that experience I did not see one angel's number I did not see one sign I did not experience anything because I was in such a like emotionally very low physically I was emotionally numbing out with food and like mostly food um I wasn't really moving my body it was really difficult for me you know, I'm just thinking about all these, the mental chatter of like the, what if I would have done this or then this or the guilt and the shame. And it was like so much weighing down that there was no way for me to actually see what was all around me and that connection that was likely there, right? The, it's not that the signs weren't there. It was that I was not connected to them. And so I'm sharing this from, I, I, I have had so many people who are going through the same, like you're going through that rough patch, you're going through that period of time that's really difficult, emotionally heavy, who say the exact same thing. I didn't see science during that time. So I think you're really onto something. It's, I'm just validating everything that Lori just said of, from a personal perspective. I, I, th- I don't think you can feel that connection to the universe when you're all bogged down with crap. And I also don't think, I mean, I would assume it's the same for the connection to those on the other side. I, I can't see why <laughs> that wouldn't be <laughs> the same, just dropping things over here. But yeah. yeah. Um, well, and you also cannot connect to your higher self and to your intuition. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. That's why, that's why 
<laughs> excuse me, this work is even important for people who haven't experienced the kind of, of loss that I've been speaking about, but also like you with experiencing deep trauma. Mm -hmm. You can't connect to your higher self when you're in that space. And I do want to mention one other thing. Um, when I mentioned a lot of especially bereaved parents want that dream visit, something I realized is that because I have only, I haven't really had a dream visit from Greg, but Greg comes through in so, so many ways. But here's the thing. I also don't usually remember my dreams. So why would I expect him to come through in a dream visit if A, I don't usually remember my dreams and B, that's not how I receive signs from him. So he sends me signs in so many other ways and so I don't need that dream visit. I understand why a lot of parents want that, but yeah. be open to, you know, the other thing that I, that I really try to impart to especially parents, but also spouses or anyone who has a loved one in spirit is, you know, my son was 29 years old. I couldn't tell him what to do in this life. He would have laughed at me when he was still in this life at that point in his life. Why would I think that I could demand how he shows me signs now that he's on the other side? It has to be a, you have to create a new relationship either with your higher self or with your loved one in spirit, but it has to be a mutual relationship. And part of the reason I love the work that you do so much is because you're helping people raise their vibration because people who are in spirit vibrate at a very high level so do angels and so and we in these 3d physical bodies we vibrate at a very slow rate which is why we're in this solid body mm -hmm. so we have to raise our vibration and they have to lower their vibration and so it has to be a, a mutual relationship and again i allowed greg to send me the signs that he wanted to send me. And I then made the connection that those were from him. And so that's another thing that all of this work does is it helps you recognize the signs that your loved one is sending you or your higher self and follow those signs to wherever that's going to lead. But again, for me to tell him, well, I want you to send me X, Y, or Z, to me, that's kind of arrogant, and it's not respecting his part in this relationship that we need to co-create. Mm, that's really powerful. It's like emotional intelligence for the other side. <laughs> I mean, truly, you don't think about these things, though, because it's like, and I almost feel like when you're in that place of demanding, it's it almost to me feels like there's a lack of belief that that person is actually, you know, it's almost like, I don't actually really believe that he is still in existence. So I'm going to demand it because it's not really real. Does that make sense to me? That's how it feels of like, yeah. you're not actually having the same relationship that you had when he was in the physical or she or whoever it may be. You're almost demanding it for that, for your own comfort and your own like needing Mm -hmm. rather than I just want to continue this relationship. We had a really beautiful relationship when you're in the physical. I just like to know that you're okay and that you're doing well and that, you know, everything is, is good essentially. What you're saying reminds me of that saying that, you know, people say, well, I'll believe it when I see it. Mm -hmm. You'll see it when you believe it. Yeah. And you have to believe that you're, your person, whoever that person is, it does still exist just in a different, not, I mean, my, I would give anything for my son to still be here in this physical life. I can't make that happen. Not for me, not for anyone, but I do have a choice in how I co-create a relationship with him now and in how I live my life going forward. And something else that's really important to me is I have an older son and he has children and they still need me to be a part of their, a present part of their lives. And I want them to remember me in a good way that, you know, even after grandma lost uncle Greg, she still was there for us. She still laughed with us. And 
that was something that happened the day Greg passed away. I was at my older son's house. And this is when the, the whole realizing that I could feel grief and joy at the same time came to me because my older son had a five-week-old baby. And I was sitting there holding my five-week-old grandson. And I smiled at him. And I thought, oh, my God, how can I smile and feel, you know, a tinge of happiness when my child just left this life? And then I thought, well, you can live in the duality. Mm. Wow. Wow. There's, there's so much coming through. First of all, I have tears in my eyes just because, like, the your connection to life itself. Like, the way you said that of, like, they need me to be here. They need me to be present. And, like... I can feel your emotion around that. I truly have tears in my eyes from just hearing that part of your story. And the other thing is that duality. And I think that's, I'm, I'm so grateful you brought this up because I think it's really hard for people to feel uh, what's coming up is that there's maybe a lot of guilt for people around feeling joy when they feel they should and I think, you know, there's no way that no right or wrong, wrong way we should feel, but I think there can, guilt and shame can come up when we feel that joy during something really difficult or during that hard experience. So I would love if you have any insight on that for someone who has gone through it and experienced both sides of that and allowed yourself and said, you know, that, you know, without feeling maybe that guilt and shame that may come up for others. What yeah. would you, what, what do you say to that? Like when there maybe is that uh, I shouldn't feel this because something so bad happened. So a couple things. First of all, I was, I remember the day Greg left this life was a beautiful, it was January, first Sunday in January, but this, the weather was beautiful. And a few days later it got really cold. And I remember, I mean, these are the insane thoughts that you have with this level of great grief. I remember thinking, well, I deserve to be cold because my child's no longer here. I mean, what the, and the first time I was hungry, I remember feeling guilty for being hungry. Well, he can't ever be hungry again or eat again. So why should I be hungry? I mean, that's the crazy thoughts that yeah. bereaved parents have. But this is really, really vulnerable to share, but I'm going to share it because I think it's so important. There are two things. First of all, I had a thought come through in the early days, the early weeks after Greg left this life. And, and I thought, you know, what if I had left this life before my mom did? Would I want to be on the other side and watch her life stop because I was no longer here. Of course I wouldn't. I would want her to remember me and live in a way that honored my life and legacy. And that's part of what inspired me to want to help others, to, to inspire other moms and other people who are in grief or trauma, that what the way you live In the way you live, you have the ability to show what your child or spouse's life and legacy mean. And that was really important to me. And then the other thing, and this is what's so, um, I've only shared this a couple times publicly, but, and it's very raw and very, very personal, but when I take my last breath in this life and I cross over to whatever is next and I see Greg again, I want him to look at me and say, oh my God, mom, look at you, look what you did. After the worst thing that a mom can experience, you still continued living your life, inspiring others and helping other people. So yeah, that's selfish. And I fully embrace that. But I want him to look at me and I want him wherever he is right now. I want him to be proud of me. And to be glad that I do find those moments of joy and that I'm living in a way that honors his life and legacy because I want him to be remembered as the amazing young man that he was. And, and that's happening through his friends and through my, my grandsons, his nephews. And to me as a, as a mom, that's the only thing I can do for him now is make sure that his life and legacy continue on. So 
Girl, you have me for real crying this time. So, yeah. Um, wow. I am speechless right now. Just the, I, you know, there's, there's so much emotion in that and it's, it's so tender and so raw. And I know that so many listeners, the listeners are going to be feeling everything that you feel and the energy that you have behind that. And the, you know, the, the only thing that I can say is that I know you would be so proud already of everything that you've already done, everything that you've already created, all the people that you've already helped through your podcast and your message. And I know the listeners here, I, I literally, as you're speaking, there are several that I know have experienced a loss that are feeling everything that you're feeling and that you're helping shift and transmute just by the space that you're holding with this conversation. Well, and, and I also, there's something else that I need to say that's so important. I think sometimes people look at me and it's like you were talking about with people looking at other people on social media mm-hmm. and they say, how do you do it? How, you know, I get messages from women asking me, you know, how do you do it? It isn't always easy. There are times where I am on the floor crying my eyes out. I'm sobbing because my child is no longer here in this life. I can't ever change that. He's never coming back. In a few days, um, it'll be two and a half years. And the way my mind works, again, is weird now, but it's like, that's halfway to five freaking years. And I look at his picture and I'm like, how can you really be gone? How can you be gone? And so there are times where it is so hard and so painful, but that's when I remember why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because when you can find something that's bigger than you, that's outside of you and your own pain and your Mm. own. So yes, part of why I do this is absolutely a hundred percent selfish. And I completely own that. But part of it is not selfish at all. It's to help other people because it hurts my heart when I see moms in these Facebook groups who literally cannot get out of bed, who cannot clean their houses, who feel that they are broken. And I tell them, you're not broken. Your heart is broken, but you're not broken. Your soul is, is hurt. And it's also still complete. We just need to put some of the pieces back together again in a different way. My life will never be the way it was before January 6th of 2019. Never, no matter how much, work I do on myself no much, no matter how much healing I do, but it can still be worthwhile because I believe that our souls created a plan before we incarnated and whether Greg's soul wanted to have a short life and my soul for whatever crazy ass reason decided, Oh, I'll be your mom in this life. And you know, I'll go through that that hell of an experience (laughs) whether my soul wanted the experience of losing a child early on in life and Greg's soul, God bless him, just, you know, agreed to be that child. I will never know from this human vantage point, which one it is. But what I do know is that my soul chose to have certain experiences in this life. This is part of that. And if I cut that short by stopping my own life right now, whether it's literally stopping my own life and crossing over now, which I would not do because for a lot of reasons, but mainly because of my older son and his children, but also because I don't want to short circuit whatever it is my soul wanted to experience in this life. Mm -hmm. I want to see that through to its fullness so that God forbid, if I choose to incarnate again, I don't have to experience some of these things again. I mean, I may choose to experience child loss again. I don't know. I'm sure I've experienced it in past lives, but for whatever reason, my soul wanted some experience that could only happen or that is choosing to, to live out, to play out through this experience of losing a child. And so I'm going to see that through to its fullest conclusion so that I can say, okay, check. I did that. Mm. And not have to recreate that experience in another life because I firmly 100% know, I don't just believe, but I know that if I don't follow this through to its natural conclusion, whatever that is, then I'll have to repeat this again. And I, I'll do whatever I have to, to avoid that Mm. because this sucks. There's no other way to explain it. This I've been through some crap in my life 
most of it was self-inflicted, but nothing compared to this, nothing. Wow. Wow. I love, you know, one of the things that keeps coming through in everything that you just said is we cannot in this physical form understand why we signed up for the lessons and the growth that we signed up for. And I think when we're in this physical form, it is so real and so raw and so, so painful. And I think, you know, our souls remember unity and they remember love and they remember that like we remember that and so we're like why did we choose this why did we sign up for this why are we experiencing this and as we're you know as us our souls that remember this love and this oneness are experiencing this we forget that this is the lesson this is why we're here yeah sometimes we you know i this is something that's been come sometimes we think that there's this huge mission for us to to take and sometimes absolutely there is a huge mission for us but sometimes the growth is in the grit and the conflict and the pain. And actually, I don't think there is growth without grit and conflict and pain and experiences. And so as difficult as that is for anyone who is going through a difficult time, I think something that you're, you know, bringing to light is that there is purpose, even when we cannot see it. Mm -hmm. We can't understand what our soul needs from that experience, but it's there and we're going to have to like endure through and, you know, process that pain and feel the emotions and stand and get back up and continue living so that we can have that full human experience that we signed up for. Yes, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. And, you know, I know there's a big, um, there are a lot of like antidotes and little pithy phrases in the spiritual community. And I used to, I used to say a lot of those. I used to believe a lot of those. Um, my views on a lot of those has changed since this experience. And one thing is, you know, the whole, and I mean, I had people say this after, after Greg left this life, first of all, you know, God must've needed another angel. No, that's no, don't that that's nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever say that to anyone who's lost someone. No. But the other one is, you know, oh, there, everything happens for a reason. You cannot tell a mother that there's a reason her child is no longer in this life. That, that's not helpful. And I don't believe it's true. What I do believe, and I hope this is helpful to anyone listening, is that you can find a reason to continue living your life after pain, after loss, mm. after trauma. Yeah. Choose it. And you know, what you were just talking about with, you know, the soul plan that we have and all that, that's part of what I work with my clients on in the journey to wholeness program that I created. I help them bring back the parts of their soul that may have fractured off so that they can live as a complete soul. Even if part of their heart is still broken, mm -hmm. their soul is still complete. And that then helps them find their purpose going forward and find meaning in their life going forward. Not finding meaning in what happened and in the loss and in the trauma, but find meaning going forward. And that's what gets me up every morning. That's yeah. what gets me going every day. Yeah. It's like there's, there's sometimes it's so senseless to try to figure out like, what was this supposed to do? It's like, you know what, this happened and now we have to, and the, what you said was just so powerful. I'm reiterating it for my own brain and for everyone listening is like, you, you can't always find often the painful things, the traumatic, you know, I think about people who've experienced sexual trauma or a, a great loss like this or anything, you know, I think there's such a diverse well of things that we have. It's like, you can't try to make meaning out of that. You, what you just said was very powerful. It's only moving forward and looking forward and finding meaning for your life that gets you out of bed every single day, that why that drives you forward. So Everything you've said today, I could talk to you all day, obviously. I'm like, we could keep going, but I want to make sure that we're mindful of the time that we have. And if there's anything else that you really, I have this whole list of things that I was like, we started to worry about this and this and this. I feel like we just like, again, opened up for whatever that divine plan was for this conversation and what needed to come through for the listeners for wherever they are right now. So that being said, is there anything else that you're feeling called to touch on today? I know you have so many beautiful tools and gifts and, and resources for listeners to tune into. And we, 
this is coming through too. We're going to have all those links in the show notes as well as that free guide for that, those four pillars that you described earlier so that people can start to tap into some of those resources that you have. That being said, is there anything else that's coming through for you to share with the listeners? You know, the, the thing that I would share is that you still matter no matter what you've experienced, whether it's trauma, loss of some kind, whatever it is, you still matter because you're still here. Your life still matters because you're still here. And if you weren't meant to still be here and do something in this life, you wouldn't still be here. And so, again, my life is not always easy. I have really, really dark times, really dark days. But I move through them. I let the emotions have their space. I've created a relationship with those emotions. And, and then I get up and I keep moving and I keep going. And at the end of it all is love. And there are so many beautiful people out there to work with like you and to help on this journey because there's a difference between pain and suffering. And there's that old Buddhist quote, Pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Mm -hmm. And that's where we come right back full circle to choice. And you do have a choice if you, yes, I, I deal with a lot of pain. I live with a lot of pain. The suffering is less and less every single day. Well, I just want to thank you so much for your vulnerability, your authenticity, and keeping it real with us today, because I think that's something we need more of in this world. That's something that I strive to put out here on this podcast, and I think you you have provided so much value for the audience. So thank you again for being here. Again, for the listeners who are tuning into this episode, if you're feeling called to connect with Lori, all of her information is in the show notes. If you swipe up on the episode, scroll down, all those links are there, and I know many of you are feeling called to connect, so definitely go check her out. Thank you so much for having me. It has been such a pleasure and honor. I always love talking with you and, and being in your energy, and uh, the work you do is beautiful, and I know you're helping a lot of people, so thank you for having me on.